What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's up, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have an awesome guest with us. He is a New Yorker, a real-ass nigga, um, and a good friend of mine. Dre, who the fuck are you? Uh... I like how you ended with real ass nigga. I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Dre. Uh, people like to call me uh, Dra to be funny. D R A because it's spelled D R A. Yeah, don't don't put the E, please. Please yeah. don't put the E. Uh, um, uh, I guess I should start by saying uh, I'm a father. I'm 27. I'm a father and uh, live in New York City. And uh. Yeah, I'm also a youth counselor, nice. advo- advocate of the youth, I'd like to say, because I'm in favor of what kids want to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I say that for, like, the people that do work inside the kids' field. You know, you got, like, the people that like to adapt, stay, like, attached to the old ways. And I'm kind of with, let the kids be who they are, man. So, like, progressive things like, um, you know, using the right gender preference pronouns and yeah. respecting, you know, sort of how kids choose to identify. Correct. Because, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, in reality, they're the, they're the future right, right now. Right. I mean, we can steer them into making good decisions, but, like, ultimately, they're going to do what they want. Right. So, sort of, like, being the cool counselor sort, like, kind of, right? Kind of like how Skittles is the, the cool teacher, right? <laughs> you know, um, someone had posted a really awesome meme about, like, now at the age of 27, like, our teachers were 27 when they were teaching us, and I look at my own life, and I wonder what the fuck they were doing <laughs> yeah. outside of school hours, like, how wild their lives must have been. But, you know, being that cool teacher that sort of acknowledges the world for what it is and rather than like keep them into like a, a certain lane right, and force right. certain ideals upon them i mean i mean because because i mean i grew up in a foster care myself group home actually um foster care and group home um the the thing is is that like all the parents that i've had have tried to like straighten me out and tell me why i shouldn't shouldn't do things but i mean i i ultimately use my own decision making when making right doing what they I didn't wanted. scare you straight yeah <laughs> it's usually how older parents try to do all right so dre what is your favorite brunch plate uh i had this really good uh at the place isn't there anymore in williamsburg but i had this really good french toast with like a little apple chunks inside of it and i'm what? yeah i'm not a, oh, oh that, that was station yeah like i'm not a yeah I'm not an Apple fan, but Wait, like... Wait, was that the time that we all went together? Yeah, it was yeah. like all of us. Yeah, I forced everyone to go to Williamsburg yeah, for brunch. Put, put like in bold letters, like forced. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was like really good. So it, it kind of became my favorite. I wanted to go back. And when I finally got around to like going back, then uh, it wasn't it there wasn't anymore. It wasn't there anymore. Yeah, it was like this stuffed yeah. French toast, but it was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it was, it was really a big good. square. It was like a cube. Mm. shaped somehow. Yes. So you like like the sweeter end of brunch? Yeah. I like, well, I, yeah, I like sweet. Mm? Sweet is good. Mm-hmm. I, I had to think about it. Like, <laughs> And so with that, what's your favorite brunch booze? Uh, whiskey. Straight. <laughs> I don't know why every time somebody gives that answer, I'm somehow taken aback. Like, damn. Like, because <laughs> I feel like whiskey with brunch. Yeah, like, well, like, I mean, it's kind of like I don't. 
if I had the if I had the taste for something sweet, like I'm not gonna drink a mimosa. Honestly, I'm not a champagne mm, drinker. That's real. Uh, if it's not like whiskey, maybe I'll have a margarita. But like, I'd prefer to have the whiskey. Do you have you ever had a mimosa? whiskey. No, I've never had a mimosa. That French sounds toast weird. And whiskey. I mean, no, well, there are there are some great French toasts that have like bourbon sauce. <laughs> Like oh, like a syrup. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've definitely. I feel like I have had that actually, yeah. um, and it was delicious. Mm. Awesome. So, Dre, what was it like um, going out to eat as a kid? Uh, I was kind of one of those kids that only like went out to eat on occasion. So like, uh, we didn't really go out. It was uh me in a home with like uh six other kids so like the only time i went out was on sundays after church um kingdom hall actually when i say church (laughs) interesting how was that what was that like that's that's a different story um (laughs) wait what's uh, kingdom hall kingdom hall for jehovah witnesses oh yeah (laughs) the people that knock on your door like i was the kid that got forced to do it oh wow you've actually done it like evangelizing yo that it wasn't how, for how, tell me about that what's the whole process i wonder like how they planned it out because like they're always yo every weekend they I was, almost faithfully they knock on my door yeah like i was like in between the ages of like i was at this place in particular this one home from like three to like 11 so like they started me doing it when i was like oh my god seven or eight i mean i wouldn't be like left alone but like they just sent me to like we'd all it would be like three of us on one floor just knocking on doors yeah what? yeah wow. you had to give them like the paper and stuff How, did that help you with like your your like skills your like public speaking no, skills and no, like because i was because like it takes some balls to just be knocking on people's <laughs> door and, and expect them to just open up and want to have a whole conversation with you like listen i no, no 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 we didn't get to the conversation part i just had to hand them like the paper and I, tell them to come on sunday like that was it <laughs> <laughs> It was literally like knock, so knock, knock. would you be like, God bless you, come on Sunday? Yeah, like they say to say that, but like I never got around that uh-huh. far. So interesting. Wow. Sorry. So to- totally sidetracked there. So you guys would go um, to eat after Kingdom Hall. After Kingdom Hall. And what? Where would you guys usually it go? It was actually I was living in the Bronx at the time. It was a uh, this place. It was like one of those family-owned steakhouses, but it was around Third Avenue and One Forty Ninth Street. It was along that strip, and um, she, my I know my first mom would order the same thing every single time. What she ordered? She'd order like steak, mashed potatoes, and then like a random sauce thing on the side. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna assume it was a one sauce, cause like, mm-hmm. but it was just like watching her eat it. It was I don't know. It was just, was it like watching Miss Trenchbolt? Yeah, uh, that's with what the it chocolate was. cake. <laughs> That that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, man. That's hilarious. Can I tell you, watching that movie growing up, that scene actually would haunt me for some reason. Like something about that woman and the way she was eating that cake. Just yeah, it's literally like they they picked the perfect person to play Miss Trunchbull and have her sweating while eating the cake. I'm trying to think if I ever witnessed someone eating that I could say relates to that. <laughs> Trust me, it's not a thing that you want. You, just look, <laughs> you, look, at, you look at them like with disgust, yeah. almost, but like not trying to. But what it. would you order? Um, I didn't really get the chance to order. We get the same thing: chicken tenders and fries. Fries, like just that was so. it. You know, the kids didn't really get a chance to pick. Right. Mm. And so, uh, what's your favorite bochinche topic to talk about? Well, over I mean, a meal? when I was a kid, I didn't have one. But well, no, no, this is no, no. This is like now. This was, is like now in life. Listening to the adults gossip, right. but uh, when I was uh 
now that I'm older, I, my I guess something I'd like to talk about is uh, sports over it. Sports, music. Oh, mm. uh, if someone had a rough week, then that'd be dope too. But like, <laughs> it would be dope. Yeah, it, but you had like, a bad week, dope. If Tell was, me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but if it's like a bunch of guys, like we don't really talk about how our weeks were. Mm. Hmm. No, not your feelings. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it. We share those things. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Now we're going to move into our cheers to the ladies who, where we shout people out who are doing really, really dope shit. Um, I just wanted to take a moment um, to acknowledge and sort of say thank you to Aretha Franklin for the legacy that yeah. she um, left us. We were off the air for two weeks, um, and so that had happened while we were away. Yep. Um, and God, like, what a powerhouse. Like, what a beautiful black it's so icon. Weird. It's so weird because, like, me and my coworker was actually just talking about her maybe a week and a half ago. She was mm. like that there was, like, a rumor that she read that she had HIV instead of actually cancer. And mm. I was like, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm not really into, like, gossip yeah. and maybes and what ifs. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, the climate of, like, America we live in now, if she came out and said it, like, yeah. it would be something... Like she want people to know so they can take care of themselves, but uh, turns out she had cancer. Yeah, from what they pancreatic cancer. It's yeah. like the worst kind. Yeah, to have. Um, but I I was watching like clips from uh the funeral and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, people always have to sort of like take the situation and turn it into something else um, as we saw with Ariana Grande's yeah. dress starting mm. with the dress right mm-hmm. like okay just let her live man like I I, I I can get the the idea of it not being tasteful the cut of the dress for a funeral like mm. I understand that but I don't think that that sort of like lessens her like you know what i mean like her presence there she was there to honor aretha aretha and you know she sang the song she did a beautiful job and uh that doesn't mean that you know the pastor the reverend whoever gets to just like side grab her and like like press up on her boob i don't know if you saw the video like you know what i mean like the first like at a first squeeze like at I've been in situations where like people mean to put their arm around me and they're not looking and so they aim in weird like places. Yeah, but there's that moment of like, oh, like they are going and then once they realize they're in the wrong place, they then like move, move yeah. to where they're supposed to be. And he just kept like moving his fingers like into her boob. And in my head I'm like, she's not a thick girl, right? So yeah. it's not like it's not like okay, like if somebody did that to me, amount of my chichos and my boobs, they feel very similar. <laughs> so one might ch- touch my boob and, and think that they're just touching one of my back chichos, and really yeah. they're touching the side of my boob, right? <laughs> but with Ariana Grande. She, that's clearly she's, her city. She's not that. She's not that. Oh, yeah, you know what that I mean? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's not that many waves to go over, so, so it's know, just like there. And so very obviously, he's like copping his little feels, and and yeah. everybody has the nerve to say that that the, she deserves it because she wore oh, a no. skimpy dress. Oh my! Like no, literally, there are geez. other like pastors and reverends who've been commenting and saying like, oh well, she should have been dressed more appropriately and yeah. blah 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 blah. 
I'm like, oh, come on. Like, when is it? When are people going to accept that it's 2018? Like, about mm, to be 2019? Well, that's the thing. And, like, like, y'all can't keep making these, like, how many? I feel exhausted at explaining, mm, you know. Like, I feel like woman-splaining. People talking about mansplaining. I find myself woman-splaining shit like that, you know, um, over and over again. It's just for. not. No. Who the fuck cares? She could have gone to the, the damn thing naked and he still can't be touching her titty. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with her dress. Like, I feel like she's young, and yeah. that's just how she dresses. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like expect. I don't know that. I, I don't know that. Like the idea of it being a, a funeral. It's a funeral with a bunch of old people. Yeah, so, in a church I mean, and stuff. I guess yeah. one could one could make the Honest, argument. Honestly, a bunch of old. Uh, you know, people but from the hood. The the, mm. the question yeah. though is, would Aretha would Aretha have cared? Like, if she was in that dress. And no, I doubt Aretha, it. Yeah, Aretha no. used to wear some bold Artists, outfits yeah. when she was younger. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Artists are more open to like things like that. Yeah, I I just. I, I think it's bullshit and it's annoying to me because now it's sort of become the headline of the of the funeral and mm. there are so many other moments. Um, but either way, uh, mm. yes, so thank you to the queen. A big cheers to Andrew Gillum, uh, who is the progressive mayor of Tallahassee, mm. who now won the Democratic nomination yeah. for governor of Florida. Um, very, very big feat. It's a um, win. It's a win. It's a big win. Um, a lot of folks, of course, have already been problematic in the way they talk, talk about him. Somebody called him a monkey or referred to, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like it's already happening. Um, and the Trump camp, you know, like this is a this is another one of those signs that things are sort of like turning around a bit and folks are showing up yeah. um, on the opposing side. But we'll see how this plays out. I really Florida is a state that it's just like a breeding ground for like problematic shit happening. Mm, And I hope that, you know, that there's, that the polls are sort of operated fairly and that there's no, you know, nothing that gets in the way of folks getting to the polls or like discrepancies last minute to like rig the election. I don't know, but I'm really, really excited to see how this will develop. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we also have, uh, shout out to WeWork. Um, I don't, you know, I love my job and I don't mean yeah. to be boastful. Yeah, we can see about you love it. your job. I, 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 I don't want to be boastful about it, but I think this is really cool. So um, WeWork um, is only like a couple of hundred square feet away from being uh, the biggest uh, tenant of workspace in New York City. So currently JP Morgan Chase yeah. has the most square footage of like office space in New York City. But we're like a few buildings away from like kicking that record which i think is really awesome because our company is only eight years old Mm -hmm. um and it shows like the power of like getting a concept these startups that like you know you have a really powerful concept and people buy into it and the shit works um you know um it's also scary though like i work there and it's exciting to see the rapid growth but you know sometimes i i'm like wow like how like we're moving too fast. Is this safe? Like, does this make sense? Is this going to like come back and kick, you know, and like bite us in the ass later? Are we transforming society too much? Um, you guys are the big, the big machine now. You're new big machine. People are just over. Yeah. Like we're, yeah, a lot of, and yeah, a lot of people like talk negatively about WeWork um, as most people do with, you know, 
many corporations. People talk shit about Amazon, Google, Mm -hmm. like Apple. Um, And obviously everybody has their areas of growth and we are a new company, but we're doing really awesome things and we do a lot of community initiatives, which is really what keeps me excited about our growth is that the more we do that, the more that we can do for the communities that we're in. So yeah, I just wanted to shout that out because I thought it was, you know, super dope. Another thing in Cali, uh, bill was passed um, to expunge uh, weed convictions. That's this dope. That's a big win, too. would be huge. They need to do this all over the place. Literally. I mean, slowly getting there. Jersey just got something a couple months ago. Well, like a week, not a week, a couple weeks ago. They got something with something like... Uh, it's not illegal to carry it. Mm. Something like that. Yeah, I haven't yeah, I haven't checked in uh. or heard about that, but I mean, I think about like even growing up and the amount of people that would get in trouble for weed shit. Oh uh-huh. yeah. That's I mean, that was the whole or, war on drugs in the 90s, like all those bills, Mayor Giuliani, I love mm-hmm. well, mayor, quote unquote. The with especially with like the idea of like and how in California it's recreational so now they have like stores. Yeah. How, like you have these stores and people are working in them, but then you still have people in jail yep. for weeks. So, if this passes, that'll be cool. Yeah, it, like that that industry is booming, man. Mm. Like the investments that are being made in the weed industries, and so you have all these people getting rich, you know, yeah. and people who have literally have been away for like the majority of their life. For yeah, this shit. for carrying. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm glad that America is taking like steps further to- on weed yeah, because, like, honestly, like, what's the big fucking deal? It. It's, it's re- not a big deal. You know how it is. Uh, government needs to find a way to make money off of it first. But taxes, like, uh, I mean, Colorado essentially like has been able to rebuild highways and you know contribute a lot of money to to public yeah. schools because of these taxes on no, of weed. Course, like, of course, people are gonna buy it. You know what I mean? It's it's really. Um, it's a good idea. I'm waiting yeah. for New York to hop on. Let's see if Cynthia uh, Nixon. Know, like, Let's see if Miranda <laughs> gets us. Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And in Japan, um, the first woman fighter pilot took flight, um, and her name is Misa Matsushima. She's 26 years yeah. old, um, yes. and she begun duty on Friday, um, and she got trained on flying F-15s. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a really big deal. I didn't know this, but... Um, you know, the the Japan's Air Force hadn't begun recruiting women in their Air Force until 1993. Yeah. Um, and, oh. but it, it there was an exception for like being a fighter, a fighter jet pilot, right? And so that band got lifted, lifted in 2015 and just three years later, we got our first one. So um, shout outs to Japan for that and Japan's military. That's really Ooh, awesome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. paving the way. In, in Asian culture, it's... Uh yeah that's a lot yeah that is um let's keep breaking these fucking barriers the future is female um (laughs) kanye west this week uh was apologizing for his slavery comments um thank you brother yeah he felt that the moment had passed and um he wasn't quite sure that people like understood that he did feel sorry about it take your um thank you brother. yeah he didn't he didn't feel that he had properly apologized um so he was um on an interview and uh it was a morning show wgci morning show um and she and he was sort of issuing his apologies and all that jazz um and uh Childish Gambino's new music video yeah. features an animation of him crying in Michelle Obama's arms. 
arms um wearing a make america great again hat yeah um i just think that's a really powerful image yeah you know child's gonna be you know you know he's one of those radicals that don't care about what his fellow artists right like it's a real Mm. it's really it's really dope that he put it in there but also just like that idea that like Kanye West has been missing like this like motherly black love element like of there's course. like something in his life that's been missing. Um, well, I mean that's when it started to like his world started to shake really. His right. mom passed and then that was it. Yeah. I mean he put out his, like I, I feel like one of his greatest albums, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and yeah. after that it was just kind of like spiraling down. Well, not like spiraling down, but, like the quality of his music kind of dropped a lot. Yeah. Well. Uh, no, I wouldn't say the quality dropped completely. Like, I loved, um, oh, geez, I can't remember the name right now. Uh, Jesus. Jesus? It's yeah. not a bad, no, no, it's not a I bad. Kinda I kind of loved just, that. I just feel like it's a big drop off. It's different. I think he took a turn. I think lately, so his new track, which we we heard right before mm-hmm. sort of recording, like interesting. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I just feel like he doesn't, I don't understand like what he's talking about. Like, there's a world that he's in in his own mind that, he wants to like let us in on but it's like bizarre and i think uh i don't know like talking about like how he'd fuck all of his sister-in-law yeah and, yeah that new that new that ecstasy track. yeah yeah like that's yeah. just like I, you know i don't get it like i don't i don't well, i don't I mean, know i don't that's, get that's what i'm saying like his his uh his direction the quality of his music kind of changed a lot yeah, and one of my friends, uh, a friend of mine, Jonathan, and I were talking about this, and he said, you know, I just don't know how um, I can justify listening to Kanye West when I have children. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if they say, Daddy, why are you still listening to Kanye West? Like, if he's still in this direction, how do I justify, how do I try to make sure that they grow up to be good people in the world and still yeah. justify listening to Kanye West? Yes. So, um, which I was like, damn, I've never thought of it that deeply. But, because, you know, I'm a huge Kanye fan. Yeah, man. I love Kanye Once West. They, I mean, he, he kind of became like a black hero because yeah. like that tv shit he did with george bush yeah it's like that was a that was where yeah, he didn't care kanye that's where what i'm saying you? like it yeah. just changed man his direction absolutely um so skittles tell me about this nikki album <laughs> um yeah so of course i wanted to shout out Nicki minaj's album i thought it was really good did you think it was really good? oh uh, i did i did <laughs> if, I had, if i had to give it like a a rating in stars, I'd probably give it like a good eight, solid eight. Yeah, out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah, out of 10 yeah. Stars. Yeah, I like it. Um, it was fun. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Nicki fan. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted to put it out because because we were off for two weeks, we didn't get to talk about Nicki Minaj's new album, which came out. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also didn't get to talk about J Lo at the VMAs, killing it, getting yeah. the Video Vanguard I Award. I didn't yeah. watch the VMAs, but I watched that you clip. Know, I seen I, that clip. Like I saw that clip, and then I seen A Rod recording. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, that's, yeah. that's goals. Like that's how you know. Like you know, you got the baddest one. I mean, the the the, v, the VMAs are not what they used to be. Yeah. A lot of it was a giant snooze fest, but um. J-Lo burnt the house down with her performance, yeah. so that was amazing. And she was the first Latina to get the award. Yeah. So yeah. that was also That's very dope. cool. Um, they had a lot of, like, Latin artists in the house. Maluma performed. Yeah. Um, so it was it was cool. The representation was there. Yeah, it's dope. Um, and then, oh, I put Kanye's new track, but we already talked about that. So my last cheers to the ladies who goes to... 
Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I just saw that movie. Yeah, you guys haven't seen it. No, I, I haven't seen it. Yet. I heard so much about it. Man. Y'all should see it. And now I want to go to Singapore. Like it's a, it's a, it's one of those movies that it's a fun kind of like celebration of their culture. It has a good storyline. Mm. Um. And yeah, so like you kind of get to see all the tourist sites, you get to see all the food, That's you get dope. to see all the fashion. Yeah, like Rotten Tomatoes rated it really good too. Yeah, and the storyline is good too. Like it's about this like Asian American, and then the idea of like not being, not being like good enough mm-hmm. or and Aquafina, yeah, Laguardia alum. Yes, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's really funny. But I did hear, and so I'm. I still want to watch it because I don't. I can't have an opinion without actually seeing for myself. But yeah. there were articles that were like, okay, like yes, cheers to all of this mm-hmm. awesome Asian pride, but also like, when are we gonna start stop like you know creating humor at the expense of black culture and making mm. fun of like you know like almost like black ding certain yeah. things and so i don't i didn't see the movie i don't know like what parts i don't know if it was that serious and people are just like prodding at something or if it was like you know this is a thing that commonly happens but we should also start thinking about how maybe we shouldn't do that mm. um but i'm interested to see that mm. um and uh my friend david zhang uh also seemed to have like commented on that and Mm -hmm. said like you know he was very proud of the movie and he like felt so like he was swelling with pride like he cried you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but actually that was still an issue so just interested just interested yeah i could see i could see how that's a thing and i know i know what um i like i read the article that david Mm. zang posted um and i definitely can see those points being very valid yeah um, I think another thing that plays a part in it is the fact that Aquafina herself has done that role, yeah, three different times in three different movies. So I think yeah. that mm. also makes it even a bigger deal, yeah, for it, yeah, because it's like it's um, like the characterizing. It's how how people feel people feel about Iggy Azalea in, in essence, right? Where yeah, it's like you're but what's person. funny is that even even hearing those points and reading about it, I don't know what the solution <laughs> for them is. Right, right. Know? That top that that's why I'm saying it's one of those things where I'd love to see it because mm. I know it could definitely it probably is 100 percent a valid point and is an obvious thing. But then when you're enjoying like the moment of a group that also isn't really, you know, featured and doesn't yeah. get that type of attention. And it doesn't, you don't want to make it feel like you're shitting on their moment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? With this one thing, but it's like a wonderful, like that was such an honest portrayal and like such a clear representation of who we are, but there are things that we do that are problematic. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't think that's the point to harp on. I think uh, it, it was killing at the box office. Yeah. Like, I'm really, really happy that it's made and I'm excited to see it. Also excited to see that Eminem is back, actually. Yeah. Um, I was listening to his new album and Kamikaze. yeah, I don't love every track, but I don't hate it. Like, yeah. uh, and I think it's important. I don't know. Eminem has always done such a good job at being like a political voice and he is a white boy so i wonder if like his political statements and everything that he's talking about if it's good if it's a good time to like you know have him back in during trump's america uh, making commentary and oh i mean of course i mean he's been back for a while though he didn't just yeah he's been no back no no for- but that last album come on what? No, no, no. All right, it revival. Sucks. No, we all know revival <laughs> suck. Like that's. He but he's didn't been revive. A, he's, he's been around. He's happen. been around, and uh, even in his absence in music, he still like chimed in here and there. 
uh he uh the album is is okay it's okay i i, I don't i don't not like it yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't love it. I didn't hear. I, like, I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any promotion about it yeah, at all. Though. I didn't even know it was happening. Look, I, I um, I happened to uh, look on Apple Music, and mm, it was just there. Same with Spotify. It just yeah. popped out. I was like, oh, so, here it somebody is. Somebody had posted a thing saying, "Oh, Eminem released that." Oh, the reason why the way I knew about it was somebody released had an article that said, "Oh, surprise album from Eminem." Mm. Yeah, it definitely. I uh, mean, for it to be a surprise album, I'd still give it like a decent solid seven, decent solid seven because uh, uh, he he attacks m- multiple issues in this album. I mean, which is kind of like what's been heckling him for like years now, which is people like people <coughs> people saying that he's his cons like he he's he's, he's empty. His his raps are empty. <laughs> his yeah. raps are empty. Like they're like yeah, whatever. He just takes words and throw them in and make them rhyme together and so he doesn't really talk about anything in his rhymes but like he kind of like it's kind of like a big fuck you on the album to those guys so he Mm -hmm. goes over he tells them that i'm gonna take your style and use it he uses like some trap beats yeah yeah which is like great Um, and i love those tracks i love the trap tracks on the album actually he he does that and has some wordplay in with it so uh i like it LeBron even likes it. LeBron posted it the other day. Yeah, I know. And because LeBron likes it, Dre yeah. likes it. I mean, I didn't want to put it that way, but I mean, but we are. But we are I mean, we are cool. I got are you a Lakers fan down. now? <sighs> listen. Oh, listen. come on. Listen. You're a Lakers fan now. I listen. I I don't I don't root for teams anymore, despite everyone saying that I'm, that I'm quote unquote Bron sexual. <laughs> but that's 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 the term that they have for for be bronsexual b r o n s e x a x a whatever sexual we know yeah i couldn't get it out listen man all right so um that's hilarious um i've always said that i'm i'm a fan of him winning so the answer yes so yes you are a Lakers no i'm gonna watch more Lakers games this year that's i i don't you want the lakers to win the playoffs I want LeBron to win the playoffs. You want LeBron to win the finals. The champ- championship. Yeah. yeah right. But uh, I like to have realistic goals when it comes to him. Note to self, get Dre a Lakers <laughs> jersey Jesus. for Christmas. Yeah. Note it. <laughs> I mean, don't give me no, no bum-ass guy jersey. It has to be a Bron jersey. It has jersey. to be a Bron jersey. Yeah. Right. All right. So now let's move into our tuta loca is where we call motherfuckers out who are doing the most. This is my least favorite. Like, I almost don't even want to do Tuta Loca anymore on the podcast because there's always a shooting mm, on here of yeah. some sort I, I, every mm. every episode. Right. Um, so we know about the shooting that happened um, during the Madden yeah, gaming was, conference. That was um, a lot, man. Yeah, we like we're a little late on it in terms of like talking about it on the episode, but I still wanted mm. to bring it up because it, it was such a chilling video. It's one of those videos where like you can hear what's happening in the videos, and and you see the mm. red dots on the players before they started opening fire. Yeah. It was it was mm. almost like a movie scene. Well, he started um, opening fire because it was just one one right, kid, just one kid, and it was all like somebody who was a sore loser, quite frankly. Yeah, like that's what it was all about. Um, no. But he had access to guns. Yeah, that's the, and that's the real problem. Like, yeah, and and he immediately, you know, like everyone was like, "Oh, mental health." Yeah, you you know, I mean, it's kind of like, of course, now that's it, they they have a button that they hit when they need to uh, mm-hmm. cover up our. Uh, I'm not gonna say bad parenting because like I'm not even sure if it's bad parenting because the parents said they tried to get him like mental help and he just refused it so. I mean, I don't know. Mm. It's hard to measure things like that. Mm-hmm. 
they tried to get him therapy. It's hard to measure things like that. You never really know what someone, how someone feels because you're not them. Mm-hmm. But come on, man. Like, it's a it, result in it's, shooting. It's, and it's also just like... It's a video game. We... Right. And so it's another normal thing. Like, okay, these conference happens. Like, you know, this is a, these are competitions that have, that happen. There are people who literally like work their asses yeah, off of to course. like no, of win course. these competitions. And plus it's, it's not like a small game. It's Madden. Like I, right. I, I'm not a Madden player because I know how much Madden rage can, can happen. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Mad, like Madden's a little bit more higher on like the rage status than like NBA 2K. Like 2K, mm. like we get frustrated, you know, silly memes you see the kitten diaper, like those memes that are mm-hmm. funny yeah. about guys getting upset at 2K. But like Madden is kind of like a, a different thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's such, it's out there. Like the game even plays Madden often and he mm. posts all the time about it on, on IG. Mm. So like, it's just more out there. But it, but it's, well, what I was getting to also is just that it's another thing that now we have to think about. You can potentially get shot mm. and killed during this thing. Yeah, it's, it's I will a- never forget during the Dark Knight, like, um, or, or not Dark Knight during um, uh, Dark Knight Rises, yeah, where they had the shooting yeah, in Colorado at the, theater, at the movie theater, yeah, and then like in New York, they like when I was viewing it, there was like a a guard person yeah, there, they were, an armed they were there. guard in the theater because I saw it the day after, mm-hmm. and I was just like, is this how we watch movies now? Like. Mm. Almost like you have to have like those on, those people on flights now who are there just yeah. in case there's in this. And I was just like, fuck, like this is the country we live in. Like they talk about our freedom, but like we're not free enough to be able to enjoy a fucking gaming competition without thinking about somebody losing their life during the, the game. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, another story this week. Um, so there was a woman whose dismembered corpse was found um, in two different uh, Bronx yeah. parks. Um, and she happens to be a girl who was one grade below me in middle school. So wow. I didn't know oh, her wow. very well personally. Um, when I read the article and I looked at the picture, I was like, damn, that girl's face looks really familiar. Um, and uh, you know, she's, she was later identified as Lisa Marie Velasquez. Mm. Um, and I remember her because when we were in school, her mother had been murdered and she had witnessed her mother being murdered. Um, mm. And I remember it was a big deal because I had, I was one of those students who was always like in the office with like the after school counselors during my lunch and stuff like that, hanging Look out. At you. Look at you. And so they were talking about it. Don't hate. Teacher's um, pet, bro. And, <laughs> I was you, not a teacher's pet. Yo, it was that's, not a that's teacher's pet. That's exactly what it is. You anyway, were an office's pet. That's what you were. Shut up. Anyway. gossip for old folks. <laughs> anyway, so they were talking about it and I had over heard you know that there was a girl in the school whose mom had gotten killed and all so on and so forth and i remember her being a sweet girl just like a very sweet quiet girl and allegedly she you know she was um at her family's house and then she rushed out because she needed to go help her friend with something Mm -hmm. then it turns out that the friend's boyfriend kills her and the friend helped like you know chop up and hide the body that's first of all i I don't listen what the fuck i I can't make it through a, a really bad surgery video like i can't make so like yeah. it's no way i'm chopping someone Someone's, up yeah it's bones um, cracking like it just gets really gruesome and yeah furthest i'll go as anime i just it, it it one of our my friends said like you know it just sucks because this is a reminder that anything can happen to any of us yeah, right like anytime. none of us are safe like that just sounds so wild to me like wild was the only word i could use to describe it I was like, you want to hear this wild thing that happened or this why? Because it's like, 
it's kind of like what you're describing. It's like an animal. Like it, it takes a lot of like to cut, chop somebody up. That's a big. You're sick. Like either mm. you're sick or you have some guts made of steel, yeah. and I question how you develop them. Um, so I, you know, rest in peace. Condolences to her family. Um, it's a tragedy. Um, also, you know, there were three uh, 15-year-old kids that were killed by the cops. Uh, three separate incidents. Yeah. Um, during one of them, uh, you know, the 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 cop who shot the boy. Um, they did like charges were went through and some mm-hmm. people were really excited about that. Um, but it was the only story that had gotten attention and the other two young men who were killed did not get media attention. Um, and it, at this point we have at least, we have at least uh, 492 people who've lost their lives at the hands of American police this year. So it's, you know, from Trayvon, where the fire was lit, to now, and yeah. that's been years later. Do we we're know still like the here. average of amount of like like in a year yeah. in general? I don't know the well, numbers yeah. um, off the top of my head. They're definitely numbers worth sort of exploring and like knowing. But four hundred and ninety-two people at the hands no, of I mean, police. It does sound like a lot, but I just I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Like, it has our numbers gone up? Like, it, mm-hmm. are we? Is that number still high? But like, are we? When improving? do we start tracking on like, it and all that stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just who's viewing the the numbers on that stuff well you know Why i just wish no that they'd stop listening. killing our kids like you know what i mean like stop mm-hmm. killing i mean everyone stop killing everyone but stop killing our kids um another uh tragic thing that i saw this week was um there's a video of a mother who had you know been deported being reunited with her son that was in the detention center and he was yeah. a three-year-old and the, her son was rejecting her yep. he didn't recognize his mother yeah. Um, and yeah. so he didn't like it was a uh, he was like fighting her off and she kept crying saying I'm your mother I'm your mother mm-hmm. and yeah which is exactly what I said was gonna happen cause like I mean as kids they don't really like they know but like at any point in time trauma can kick in shock I mean taking being taken away from your parents at the border is like shock man and then mm-hmm. you're, you're out you're without them for months how, like crazy. how long it's been so then that becomes the norm to you yeah and those centers like they have them sleeping on like these thin ass mattresses yeah, like, on the floor with like those foil like sheets that they throw on like marathon mm-hmm. runners it's like terrible several cases of rape yeah um on on the site so like that kind of becomes like a normal yeah. like a normal yeah. routine for you whatever is happening inside the center that day and how does that make you feel as a parent, Dre? I mean, it's sickening, honestly. Like, who, who, the people that are overlooking it, like, overlooking these entire programs, like, why aren't they, like, being brought to justice in a way, shape, or form? Like, I get, like, this, they're now getting, like, media coverage, but it's more like, why weren't you, like, more involved in the sense that they make sure things like this don't happen to kids? Because yeah. you have this problem in America, and then you're bringing people into the country, and you're giving them these problems. Yeah. Yeah, it it was really unfortunate. It's um, terrible. It's sad, and I just I just hope that we're able to come to a solution quickly because yeah. the longer that we have these kids in this situation, like mm-hmm. God, it's just like such trauma. It's unfair. Yeah, man. It's unjust and it's unfair. Um, so Louis C.K. is back. Yeah. Mm. Side eye. Um, the the only reason I I even bring it up is because it's interesting to me how. When men get called out on sexual assault, they sign. They kind of go stealth mode yeah. for a while, but, and then they come back up when well, they 
think that society is ready to so, just like walk I mean back. in reality like when is when is a good time to come back then like, yeah I feel like it's not just a matter of when it's a matter of how and like how are you showing new ownership like how are you if if you're coming back under the pretense of yes I'm someone who made a mistake but I've learned from the error of my ways yeah. and I'm back Deep. to like participate and potentially like even be an ally to like you know the actual okay. battle and blah, blah, blah i mean blah. i was gonna say like there's like no certificate that they can no show, like, no hey, there is no certificate but like there's a way in which like your growth and maturity or actual you know what i mean like there are yeah. actual things that you can do but you know what like, i mean wouldn't some people feel it like seen as forced like if you go well, paying I mean, to all these I tributes think, and funds I think to the... what's authentic is authentic and i think people yeah. will always have their opinion on things okay. the same way like I have an opinion about how it doesn't seem like he actually is coming back with any. And like, my opinion is like, you know, that's, I still don't want to support you at this moment considering that. And that's my opinion. And some people might think it's fake, but as long as his action or him being an ally or however he learns, if that benefits in some sort of way or serves as some sort of example, right. To his peers, then that's better than nothing. Okay. Um, That's, that's fair. I was just curious. Cause like, you can't really, right. I mean, how do you come back from that? Yeah. Speaking of Bill Cosby, um, former Cosby show actor Jeffrey Owens, who yep. played Denise's husband yeah, on yeah. the show, um, was caught, you know, being a cashier at uh, Trader Joe's and Fox News spent most of their day shaming him, actually, instead of like talking about McCain's funeral and Aretha's funeral, like they were not fucking like two I people. I mean, there oh, Fox. With, right. Like, we already know at this point, you know, and, and, and so but they made this huge deal about him and like shaming him for yeah, working at and i'm like what do y'all think like actors n- aren't necessarily all balling just because you you did oh, something fox. that makes you like life just passes fox ball. yeah it's, it's just really interesting it's almost like even like when she's spanish girls say happen i remember people would ask me if juan was like rich now mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and i'd be like people still think like, that too instant, right? instant fame. i'm like our broke asses, we ain't making no fucking if money. If only you guys can see Juan's judgmental face at this point. It's like, shit, y'all niggas don't know. But, you know, it's really, it's just really interesting how, like, people have that impression. And so, it's not like he hasn't worked at all. Like, he has appeared in, like, certain TV show slots Listen, and stuff like that. He's been on, a, it's he didn't always make the money Cosby made. He didn't make the money Cosby no, made. So, there's no way he's going to be that rich, Cosby man. made. But, right, and that's the point. But, like, to sort of, like, drag him through the mud. So what? You know how many New York City actors out here working at Trader Joe's? <laughs> Plus, it's 80s you know? television money. I'm not saying that it wasn't a lot, but it's 80s television. It's and, not as much as now. And, quite frankly, with all the shit Bill Cosby calls... That that rerun money is not coming in like that because people aren't aren't <laughs> don't got Cosby Show. Networks, networks are cutting so that. He's just, Nickelodeon he's not getting those that. checks anymore. Nickelodeon uh, got rid of that section real yeah, quick. Right. So you know, I just thought that was really shitty. And shout outs to him. He's actually known to be such a supportive person uh, to fellow actors and young actors coming up. Um, and he's a dope dude. So like, fuck everybody and hook me up with that Trader Joe's discount though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now let's move into. Our topic of the day growing up in the system so Dre you shared with us a little earlier that you did grow up in the system yeah. do you mind sharing a little bit about sort of your journey um, through that uh, I just, it was a uh, it was it was a uh, it was a lot I mean people tell me it was a lot I, I, I guess I never really see it from for me being as a lot I just kind of seen it as being like my life 
But um, it was a lot when I look at it from afar. I, I was pretty much in uh, foster care from like three years old. Uh, foster families. And then uh, I, when I became a teen, an actual teen, so like around 14, 15, I was in a group home. And uh, it was, uh, that was a lot too. And how do you, how do you, so like, because I've actually always been curious how this works. So, um, as a lot of people know, uh, my younger siblings, uh, are adopted and we're mm-hmm. foster kids. Um, and so we, of course, like we were blessed enough to have the chance to keep them, but, yeah. um, I always wondered what would have happened if they turned 18 or, and I, and so like, even it sounds like it's earlier that there's mm-hmm. this moment where you, they no longer just put you in a foster home. They put you somewhere else. Well, um, when you're 18? well or, or just like older in general, oh, okay. right? Like, so the idea that older kids have different facilities that they go to. Yeah. Um, and I know like it's harder to place teens in foster homes. Yeah, like, it's, um, mm, you know, teenagers. there's a lot of like people who go AWOL or, yeah. Um, you know, just like people who go into foster care don't necessarily want to take teens. They tend to aim towards the younger, younger age ranges. Yeah, easier to deal with. Right. And so for you in your journey, what was that switch that made it? Because you were in a in a house, yeah. in a foster house foster before, uh, but then you switched over to the group home. Why yeah. did that switch happen? Because uh, I, I would go AWOL from my foster home a lot. Mm. That's how it happened. Uh, I just didn't want to be where I was anymore. And and. I kind of didn't really have a say in the matter because at one point I was actually adopted. And, mm-hmm. of course, they didn't really listen to the kids. Again, like older people saying that it's not what's best for you. This is what's best for you. So did you not want to be adopted by that family? Um, uh, Not any longer than not any longer. I'll say that it was it was mm-hmm. kind of like I, I did at first because I wanted to stay with my younger siblings that were with me. But um, after after a while, I was like, no, I, I don't want to I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. And uh, my mom had recently came back into my life. So mm. that kind of helped me say out loud, like, I don't want to be here. Mm. So, yeah. And then uh, I got introduced to the group home. They shipped me to the group home. Because mm. uh, the foster mom didn't want to deal with me anymore. She kept telling the, the lovely courts that she didn't want to deal with me. So they sent me to a group home. They call it remanding you to the state. She gave up her parental rights. Mm. And, Yeah. And so how, I mean, how, how was that moment for you? How'd that make you feel? Well, hearing it in court, it was kind of like a relief. Like, yes, I don't have to go back. But um, you don't really know what's going to happen next. They, they send you to uh, the building and you're just there in a facility with like a whole bunch of other kids that might be around your age. Some of them might be younger than you. Um, I, like, I believe some of the kids call it like Light Street, but that's not what it is anymore. It's, it's on the Bellevue Hospital, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um. That's just where the kids are. It's where the ACS keeps the kids, just in case if they have to. If the kid bugs out, they can take him right upstairs. Hmm. But uh, you're there with a bunch of guys inside of this big room, and they have like a routine for you for the day. They try to make you go to school, but like the teachers don't really care, and they suck in there. Uh, you meet youth counselors, which are like guys that are there to watch you and make sure that you do the right thing, and uh until they figure out which home you're going to, or well, which group home or facility or agency is going to take you. What is, so it sounds like the way you're describing it, it almost sounds like this very like gray, like well, yeah. gloomy place. Is that pretty, pretty, like when you look at it, it's like modern day. Like, you know how like they have like, they had like orphanages. Mm-hmm. 
it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that but just imagine like take away like the old building mm-hmm. and like that one caretaker look and put like a bunch of random people in the facility that are in charge of certain sections and you add like a big building to it hmm. and the building might have yellow walls as opposed to like peeling red walls wow yeah and you're just there it's a state-of-the-art facility and at, they have cer- at certain times of the day they have things for you to do so mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of like prison hmm. mm. And so you made it out of their yep. group home. What was the, do you remember the first day you stepped foot in the group home? Ah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I got there at like seven <laughs> in the summertime. No, nah, um, got there like uh, seven-ish, uh, walked in, looked around, people were playing, doing different things. Some kids were playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Some kids were like eating dinner. <laughs> Some kids were just like laying around. And like I sat down, they took my bag to the room, and like they walk. The staff was like walking me through the stuff. The staff are, are group home parents or youth counselors, is what they call them. And um, they just explain to you the rules of the house, and they they try to tell you that hey, your life will get better, because I mean, that's I mean that's part of the job. You want to make sure that the kid doesn't leave or like go like AWOL from there, because it's possible you can. They can be in random places. They have ones that are like college campuses that are like out of the city area. So it's harder for the kid to like leave. And then they have some that are dead smack in the city. Mm. So um, I got blessed to be in one that was in Bayside, Queens. Mm. So it was a different area, especially for me because I had lived in the Bronx and Manhattan a lot. So like Queens was kind of new for me, mm. especially like that area of Queens. But um, yeah. Did it feel more like a suburb? Yeah, mm. pretty much. Super quiet super quiet area i mean don't get me wrong like that was that changed obviously as i got older inside the group home but uh it was kind of like the suburbs i didn't really go outside for like the first couple of months because there was no reason to unless we were going out on recreation Hmm. interesting so you get to bayside yep so um first day bags (laughs) down uh i sat down and uh i this uh really cool guy who's who i'm glad to call my brother uh, Lamby <laughs> came up to me and asked me if I played Yu-Gi-Oh! And I, I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh! at the time. And he played Yu-Gi-Oh! And then uh, he happened to be playing uh, this other guy named uh, Andrew, also my brother. <laughs> uh, they, they like the closest three amigos. And then, yeah, that's, that's how uh, our friendship started. And, um... Yeah, that was the first day. We played Yu-Gi-Oh! until staff was like, go to your rooms. And then me, everyone went to their rooms. Some people had single rooms. Some people had double rooms. Andrew had a single room. It was right next to the double room that I was in. Lamy also had a single room. Uh, that night, me and Andrew stayed up for a while talking, and that's how me and him got really close. What would you guys talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I'm like watching a movie I mean, in my head. It's just, just general shit because like we couldn't walk in. <laughs> it's funny because like we couldn't walk into the hallway, so we just sit down by like our doorsteps. Oh, listen, come listen, on. Listen, <laughs> like, listen, it's I not a movie. Nah, nah, nah. See, no, y'all making it seem like soft. Nah, had, nah. Just sticking out the doorway. No, I had no. No, I had, no, no, no. They, no, no. they were back to back on the doorway talking over the shoulder. Oh. <laughs> see, you guys are making it sound weird. Nah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so you guys stood up talking in that Yeah, in the hallway. The, like, I mean, staff would occasionally tell us to go to bed, and we. <laughs> We didn't care. We were renegades. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah, it's cute, right? No. 
um <laughs> i think it's just so heartwarming and not even just cute it's just very heartwarming um especially you know sort of seeing your friendship now like you know what i mean you guys are all family and it's yeah. such a it's so interesting how like that first day like how important that was that you guys made that connection with yeah. each other um and how those relationships that you make inside of the group home yeah how that's important how that changes your life so yeah talk to me a little bit about that so what is it like living in the group home space uh it's 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 kind of like the it's 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 a tad bit different from like the acs facility that i was describing earlier they try to make it into a more homey setting so you're taking like 12 guys from like different areas of new york city maybe new york city we might get guys we might and then we might get guys that are from not from new york city some of them might be coming in from other states hmm. but you're taking like 12 different guys and putting them in a in a house uh, a two-family house mm-hmm. and some of them have to share rooms some of them don't and you probably you kind of try to bring like a structure to their life i mean that's the idea of it but like obviously it doesn't go that way because it's 12 different guys inside of a house with 12 different personalities so mm-hmm. You can wake up not liking someone today, and you can wake up being the best of friends tomorrow. So it's kind of like we develop like a camaraderie type of thing Mm -hmm. living in there. I mean, ultimately, I wasn't like all the way as close with everyone else that I was in a group home with. Plus, these guys can change at any point in time of the day. So like they can leave. They can come here today, and they can be out by the next week. Mm -hmm. So, um... But like the ones that stay, you kind of develop like a a family type of thing. Uh, Our daily schedule was kind of like a normal kids schedule i'd like to say Mm -hmm. um we got up went to school we had to make sure our rooms were clean um i mean the only difference is that we were like forced to do things like study hour and uh we were forced to have a bedtime but like we just went obey the bedtime fuck that shit but um Mm -hmm. staff would cook for us and i mean that's pretty much it oh we like chores were like important because i kind of that's kind of like what you would do at home if you live by yourself so it kind of groom you for like independent living, but like without actually like forcing it on you. Now, how does because I know with like when you're in a foster home, they like schedule the visits with family. Yeah. How did that work in the group home? And were you able to were you still in contact with mom during that time? Uh, When I first got to the group home, no, I wasn't because uh, my mom was kind of one of the issues in my life. They identified as like when I came in. So, like, they would like me not to have any relationship with my mother. Also, I was 15, so, like, I mean, they really couldn't tell me what to do. They just advised me not to do it, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't put any, like, resources towards it. So, like, me, what am I going to do next? When I say resources, like, what am I going to do next after I leave the group home? My mother wasn't an immediate resource. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I was still in contact with her. She also wasn't doing the best of a job as a mom when I was in a group home. Mm-hmm. So... She wasn't the resource, but um, the visits still like happen. Uh, the visits like I I'd I'd leave on Friday, and come back Sunday. I wasn't authorized to go, so I kind of would go AWOL, but like I I do it anyway. But every other normal kid would have like visits to their parents so on the weekends and stuff. So they because they they weren't in agreement with it. That's why pretty much like if. I mean, ultimately, they would try to, like, keep the parents involved in the kid's life because you don't want the kid to stay in a group home, really. Mm-hmm. You just want them to be there until the parents and ACS can figure out a way to, like, get their relationship to work again, the kid and the parent. Mm-hmm. The only reason why they take the steps to, like, terminate the parents' rights is if the parent was just, like, a bad parent. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, so, 
I mean, kids did go home on the weekends. If you did, you left on Friday, you came back Sunday. If it was like an extended weekend, it was a holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just do it anyway, even though like I wasn't supposed to. I, I did it anyway. So I took the allowance money that I saved up and I'd just leave. Because otherwise I'd be there on the weekends doing nothing mm. or playing video games. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what about the staff? How was your relationship with the staff in that space? Uh, my relationship personally, I didn't really have any real issues with with staff. Like there was some staff that came in and were kind of like, like you're bugging. But um, then we had like the staff that were there for a while who were kind of like the moms and like the mother figures. I, I tell people all the time, I have two moms and uh, that's my bio mom. And then I have the mom that I gained from the group home because she kind of like stuck around and she actually was the last mom to start working at the group home when I was there she came at like a later point in my life but she made such a huge influence on me that and she would call me her son all the time um she she's great and you had those like staff and then you had like the staff that was like cool like we had staff named Sanders he was (laughs) he was uh he was kind of like the cool staff he took us to his basketball games and he let us get extra snack, and he let us stay up longer than we were supposed to. And, like, we just play fighting and stuff with him all the time. So he was cool. How important was it having those male figures? Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's uh, because, I mean, in reality, like, Sanders was the cool staff. But and being around Sanders, we, like, get, like, some glimpses of his life. Because even though he wasn't supposed to, like, we... We'd hang out like by his by his neighborhood and pl- meet some of the guys that he knew, going to those parts of the Bronx that like were familiar to us also. So like we might run into someone we knew, mm-hmm. and like Santa's would tell us like if this person doesn't seem like a good person, then we probably shouldn't involve them hmm. in our lives. Um, so they're kind of the father figures that we have because like we look at them when we become adults. Like what would hmm, like what would Santa's do? Or, like what would this guy? Act? The group home supervisor was actually kind of like my pops because he was there the longest and he was the most involved in my situation. So I, I when oftentimes when I figure out, like find myself in like a bind or something, I think like what would be the best course of action for uh, me to take that Walker probably would think that's sensible. Or I'd call him. I can call him still. Hmm. He's also you my boss like, now. He's your so. boss now. <laughs> he's also my boss now. Yeah. So, so you sort of jumped into what I was going to ask next, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, so now you actually work yeah. in one of these spaces. Yeah. What does that feel like to go back and work in that space? Uh, it's very um, to revisit it uh, every day, kind of, because like I work like there like five to six days a week. Uh, we're kind, we're not quite the same kind of facility because like the kids that I deal with are kind of like on medication. Mm. Um, we weren't. We were just in a regular group home. We're kind of like a a, a treatment type of program, mm. whereas like the group the group home where I grew up in, you can be there for like years. But like the one that I work at or the side of the agency that I work at, it's kind of like the kids are there from like six to nine months. The most they probably stays a year. And then, like, we have to send them back to the parents. Hmm. It's more so the parents are involved. So, like, the parents, it's kind of like a contractual agreement now. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're not here to take your kids. We're here to make sure that you you, be, you do a better job at managing the kid. Yeah. So we come up with, like, a goal and a guideline for the parents to make sure that they are still taking them to appointments. They're still involved in the child's getting child's therapy, schooling, 
but we'll just keep the kids under our watch to make sure that they learn how to take their medication and go on with their daily daily lives as right. a kid or if they're going into independent living. And so, so independent living, right? So mm-hmm. your steps, like if we backtrack, so you work there now, but like your sort of exit plan. So yeah. like at what point did you leave the group home and then what did you transition into? I was 21 and I transitioned into um, what they call supportive housing. Um, it was uh, pretty much I lived by myself. Uh, I was lucky to get like in a, a supportive housing place that was kind of like a two-family house and the agency bought one half of the building, mm-hmm. but I had the second floor. So it was I lived by myself pretty much and they just come and check on me like once a month or like once every couple of months to make sure I was good, was doing well with budgeting and I met this uh, counselor who kind of became like my therapist sort of. Because me and him had a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I live by myself. And it was kind of like a transition from having a house full of neighbors, 11 mm-hmm. other guys, to having no neighbors, no one to check on you. The house would be really quiet. It used to creep me out, man. <laughs> Did you miss it? Uh, I do miss my old place, though. No, no. Did you miss the... Yes. Oh. <laughs> but did you miss the, the group home when the you setting, were setting? Yeah, a lot. A mm-hmm. lot, because, I mean, I had, a, I had a job, so, like, coming home to, like, no one having food ready for you is kind of, like, a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a big transition, but, like, I did keep some of the same customs that I learned in a group home, though. So, like, I, I built, like, a routine, like, when I got up out of bed was to make my bed, and I, that's mm-hmm. kind of, like, how I am now. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, like, the group home setting did work in a sense, because I'm very OCD with cleaning. <laughs> they really, they really got you to clean yeah. and organize. Yeah, and I was, I was one of the ones that it worked for. Awesome, yeah. and so, okay, so then you're living on your own, and you said like they would check up on you every once in a while. Was there anything yep. else that was required? Like, what, what is the contract? Like, all right, Dre, you get to live on your own. We'll, we'll support you with rent and blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, it was but more you like have to do what for so us. So it's more like it's it's they didn't support us with rent. They more like supported us. Well, yeah. They supported us by paying 70%. I was only required to pay 30. Mm-hmm. But the the um I had to figure out like what path I'm taking in life before I'm 26, sort of. Meaning like I had to come up with a uh, go to school. I started to go to school regularly. I was supposed to. That's a requirement mm-hmm. of the program unless like you come up with a better plan. Also, uh we had to make sure that we attended their their I think it was like every other month meetings, they mm-hmm. had like these things where like all the kids from like the supportive house program would meet down and have like a fire safety training workshop mm-hmm. or something. But um, and yeah, you had to still be like a good tenant because that's pretty much what it was. It was like a lease or mm-hmm. rent when we signed, when we came there. It's like, yeah, we'll give you your own place at 21, 18 or 21, but you have to make sure it's still a good tenant. So you have to adhere to the landlord's rules. You still have to recycle. You still have to respect your neighbors. If you get any reports or anything, that's subject to using your place. And I was, again, I was lucky to have my own place. There's other kids that share a place with people. Mm. So you're pretty much in a two, in a two, a two, two family, bedroom. yeah, two bedroom type of setting. And I don't know if I could have dealt with having like a, a roommate that close that I can possibly despise. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how'd they play a role when you became a father? Uh, I, th- I actually got really nervous about it, telling them about it, but, um, uh, 
Nick, well, the guy that I met that was a counselor, who was kind of my therapist, he was, he would give me, like, suggestions on, like, things I should be doing or preparing for, uh, becoming a father, and, like, where should I go if I ever needed any help, or if there's anything he can do, like, I could just, like, text him or let him know. So he was kind of there to the best of what he could do, uh, which is the same way with my old group home family. They kind of were very supportive. So, I mean, they would text me to make sure I'm good. If I needed, any, like, needed anything, they'd send me whatever they could. You never know, even if it's them dropping off, like, water or something. Like, they just wanted to know. So mm. I was lucky to have that support, support system. Nice. Yeah. And so now you're older than 26. Yeah. You're out of the... Turning 28. And, and now that you're sort of, I guess, officially out of the system, what yeah. does that feel like? Oh, I mean... uh. I just feel like I'm I'm just as lost as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> as an adult in America, like I just feel like oh, uh, I, I I it's kind of like no feeling to me because I work there now. So honestly, like I feel like I'm one of the kids when I'm inside the house sometimes. Hmm. So when I'm like taking them out on like recreation and stuff, and like we're talking, like I feel like I'm hanging out with them as the kid. Hmm. I'm just like a senior kid that's overseeing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like I, I, I'm, I kind of became the cool staff because like I've been there, and that's kind of what it was for Sanders for us too. Like he's been like in the system, and he kind of knew what it was. So I, I kind of feel like I, I feel how he was feeling now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really know how. Well, I mean, I just started working there about like a year and some change ago. So I mean, I, I, I just feel like a normal person, I guess, and being there kind of took me back i love the job actually Hmm. and so now that you're sort of like working in this realm Mm -hmm. and um you've had a chance to get a full 360 view if there was one thing that you could change Mm -hmm. about the way our system currently works and handles um the foster children what would you change uh the amount of uh the amount of resources that go to the mental health portion because and it's not saying that uh that all kids have like it's not saying that all kids have like th- the same issue or like this overbearing issue because no you can't really measure how someone's issue is actually for them bec- but like trauma like trauma matters it, mm-hmm. it matters especially it's like 12 different guys in a house you never know what they really went through and you don't really know why they're acting the way they're acting. So, again, you can get a different kid every day. I kind of think that they did a really great job at helping us unpack our trauma. They tried. I'm not saying they didn't try because we'd have a therapist come to the house at least like twice, three times a week. And we were we had the option of talking to them. They wanted us to talk to them. And also the group of staff advised us to talk to them. But we didn't have to. Mm. But um, I think they need to do like a, a way better job at like helping kids deal with trauma because it's 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 bad like parents what happens when folks don't get to like some of the 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 guys that you sort of like grew up with so you still have uh Lambie and Andrew yeah. right and so like they've both made it out yeah. you know what i mean and you were I'd, able to I'd like to say that we're all sane right yeah <laughs> yeah you guys are all sane enough um but like, what about those who you would say, quote unquote, didn't make it? Well, I mean, they kind of kept up with the lifestyle that they either left 
from from the situation meaning that like we had a lot of kids that were like came out of like drug ridden houses mm. so like the family were drug dealers and gang banged and all that stuff so like that kind of like they kind of follow, followed that lifestyle and now it's a couple of them are in jail for a really long times for like different things like rape or like murder mm. or just on probation and stuff that they had gotten in trouble for as kids us being in a group home so like they'd be fighting in school and like the group home would at one point deal with it to the point where they couldn't deal with it and he had to go to jail and it just progressed from there hmm. so i mean those are the guys that kind of didn't make it out hmm. so it's it's a lot do I, you think those mental health resources that you're recommending could have potentially saved some well, of those guys i mean possibly possibly but again people are going to do what they want to do anyway hmm. uh as a kid it's kind of like a learning process because we kind of don't really know what's next we we think we know like we watch from afar at someone else but we don't really know what's next so i think if like we were given more resources and like i know kids are stubborn and i know kids are gonna fight it either way but still like just i don't know it's more services to that it, it needs to happen because everything is becoming like a mental health issue it's kind of like a it's becoming a norm now mm. the issues that people deal with every day it's becoming the norm mm. so well thank you so much for sharing that yeah, uh, and course. sharing your story with us um it i think we like a lot of us go through our day-to-day -day lives and we're aware that there's a system and that there's kids in yeah. the system but we don't really uh, acknowledge like what that really means for the mm -hmm. individual going well, through it and how it shapes who they become as adults. It really does. Yeah, and I don't want you to mm. think that, like I know I've been sitting here super quiet. It's yeah. because I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have well, no idea what that. You're like, a music like, teacher, you know? also. Yeah, so, that's like, what I'm saying. And you so, deal like, with some of the kids that might be coming from these exactly. places. Exactly, I deal with kids that are coming from it. But like for me, in my past, I've never. I didn't come from a yeah. system like that at so, all. So, like, that's why I'm just like listening. It works. And <laughs> it, it's worth taking it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I always consider myself to have been privileged. You know, I grew mm -hmm. up with both my parents mm -hmm. and like both super involved and supportive parents. Like, as much of a as a white picket fence life as one can get, mm -hmm. you know, in the South Bronx, living mm -hmm. in the hood in a really terrible building, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which yeah. really meant all we had was our love for each other and our family dynamic, and nothing else. Like that's mm -hmm. all we had. Um, but it but it was more important than like the the sort of materialistic things that I could have had in my life, yeah. and I think that. It's not until I had, you know, like Lambie enter my life that I really got a deeper dive because um, with Kareem and Brianna living with my family, I was mm -hmm. like, they're Gucci. Like, Eva yeah. Contreras is the littest mom out here. Uh, no. <laughs> Legit, like, she yeah, just she, gets super Spanish the minute that. Yo, she's such a mom. Like, she still can't step foot in my apartment and see a little bit of a mess and not try to speed clean and have my father waiting downstairs. Because <laughs> she can't help but walk out this house until it looks, looks like, you know, like, like you know what I mean? Like, so, like, when I met Lambie and, like, he uh, gave me sort of the honor of, like, inviting me into the group home space because he was going to cook for me. Um, it was me and Gerard, um, who's been one of our guests in the past. Um, and just seeing the dynamic of the guys, it was... And that's actually where I met Andrew. Um, mm. I was hanging out with Lambie and just, like, you know, the way Lambie would talk about uh, Drew and Dre was so interesting to mm. me because I was like, hmm, I don't, like... 
how do they become brothers? Like, how does that happen in a space like Yo, that? Yo, it's a, it's honestly, it's a ritual we did. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a ritual. We all sat around a fire and, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Blood off. brothers. No, no, no. No, no. Oh, no what the hell? Like, no. <laughs> They, they made a blood oath. No, but like... <laughs> we had a little it, I had to get a little gay joke. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had a He-Man Women's Hater Club, honestly. But like, it, yeah, but it was... It, it, it seemed to me that what he had with you guys, despite the fact that, you know, I consider myself Lambie's sister and we come from a whole, like, different family, which is yeah. like a theater family. But I remember being like, wow... I can't even be salty that there's this other group of people who like are mysterious and I don't know that he loves potentially like it always felt like more, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the most mm-hmm. of anyone who you can talk about. Like he mm-hmm. loved his brothers the most. Um, and so getting to know them and seeing their dynamic, like the three of them in a room, like mm-hmm. I I feel I always feel like an awkward fly on the wall <laughs> because when the three of them get together and they start talking and reminiscing and laughing and they are just first of all, so, you're making it sound like a, a, a like a secret club. <laughs> it's not a secret club, but it's just like this. It is this it is family to, to like the the very core of the definition like you guys have developed the family in a way that I recognize in the way my family is and so mm-hmm. the fact that you guys may or may have not had that fully with your own quote unquote blood family mm-hmm. and that you were able to create that in the space in a system that is honestly broken right yeah, so course. like you know but you guys were still able to save yourselves by saving each other like yeah and being in each other's lives yeah, every step you, of the I mean, way you really don't know what you go through like with the person that's across from you. Like you don't know like how much I'm gonna care about this person in possibly like a year. Because yeah. like <coughs> living again, living in a house, it's it's pretty much like every day. It's it could be something different or it can be something completely, completely the same. And you don't really know what that person has going on at home when they go home on a home visit. Also, because mm. it can some things could still be happening there. It's not saying that once you get home that everything's fine. No. It's still a whole different lifestyle you have to adjust to now because parents are different. Hmm. Parents are different, and you're getting a different parent in a group home also every day, whichever staff is on shift. Mm -hmm. Some staff let us do some certain things, and some staff didn't. They were, like, really old school, like, no, you can't be in the kitchen while I'm cooking. And then other staff would be like, sure, come in the kitchen, help yourself, just make sure you wash your hands. Hmm. All right, Jaquan, so now we're going to ask you to go ahead and – Dame Luz, which is giving us some light on something that we'd like to talk to you about in terms of how to best co-parent. A.K.A. avoid baby mama drama. (laughs) Uh Okay. Uh, Where do I start? (laughs) Uh, The beautiful word that uh, everyone likes to hear in regular relationships, compromise. You gotta gotta compromise, man. And... uh, what does compromise look like in a situation when well, there's kids that's, involved? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, see, when you're in a relationship, like, you can compromise, or if you don't compromise, then that's it. Like, you can walk away. There's mm-hmm. no walking away from this situation. No. <laughs> so it's kind of like you got to find, like, a middle ground for, like, the both of you guys. And honestly, like, there's a lot of give and take because whatever the situation is, let's just say that the parents, like, still love each other because that's still possible, but, like, they have to love each other from afar. Hmm. or if the parents hate each other. So you have to take your situation into, like, consideration and come up with, like, a middle ground. But, like, absolutely just avoid, like, avoid, like, stomping on someone's feelings in the process of, like, co-parenting. 
try not to because like it's not really about you it's about the kid ultimately what's best for the kid to be a kid now what are your thoughts on i had seen this meme and this is i know this is not your situation at all Mm -hmm. but i saw this meme that someone posted about a woman who had three kids um one had one father and the other two shared a different father and the the girl took the money that the father who has one kid with her gave her mm-hmm. and split it amongst all her sons to buy them school supplies um and the dude apparently was like oh why are you using the money for my son for all those kids those are not my kids i don't have to i don't have to support them and I, first of all, I was like, why is this a meme? <laughs> or like, why is this a, you know, you know one like of those one question point, memes. Yeah, it's like one of those question memes. memes. I'm like, first of all, why is this a thing? Like who, I guess the, that's what's on people's minds. Mm-hmm. But then I did stop and think, and I'm like, wait, how do, is that a, like, are we not on the same page about, no, yeah. like, I thought like, so what? If yeah, she did that, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. But like you as a, as you know, as someone who co-parents, like, what would your feelings be if 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 uh, your baby moms had another kid and was using? The I, I don't I don't, like, I don't like to say baby moms. I'll say mother of my child because she's, good. she's a good. nice lady. Good, uh, good. She's nice. She's a nice woman. Excuse yes. me. Um, yes. <coughs> I uh, I obviously like I don't give her money if if there was ever a situation like that. I don't give her money specifically for my kid. I give her money to for, to support the the household that she's she's helping raise. Mm. Like. It's pretty much what it is like if she if the kids are with her then obviously this is a household and i'm giving money to contribute to the household so obviously i'm not gonna let some kids starve i'm kind of selfless jerk right like i'm not gonna say don't feed that nigga kids with my <laughs> with my money like <laughs> but on the so on the thread most people were like no like she's out of line that's nigga, his money nigga what yeah like and a lot of women too like were commenting like just because she should take the other guy to court, why isn't she calling? No, them? I like, mean, like, you know, like, listen, every listen, she's she's single parenting, so technically she's single parenting at the moment. So it's like, what the fuck, nigga? She gotta support that house. That's what it is. Yeah, there yeah. shouldn't be no questions so, about that. Shut up. You should. Okay, <laughs> so now I have a question to relate to this. Y- y'all are gonna laugh at me because it's. Britney Spears' situation. But <laughs> I am Britney right, Spears, so, man. <laughs> so Britney Spears has two kids with Kevin Federline, okay. right? Right. Um, Kevin Federline in total has six kids. Okay. Right? Yeah, that nigga. He has six kids. I knew he had a lot. I didn't know he had, that nigga. Because he had two kids before he had the two kids. No with reason. Brittany. He tried to continue his music career. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so listen. So listen to this. So. So. Um, he has he so he has he had two kids before Britney, two kids with Britney, and then two kids after Britney. Okay. Um, he recently now Britney is the richest of the three baby moms, right? Mm-hmm. He recently wrote to the courts asking for an increase in the child support that he receives from her. Yeah. Are are they, um, okay. It's because it's so the he, other kids she, with him. She, I don't, I, I have, I honestly have no idea. Okay. I thought, I thought they were fifty fifty, but I don't know. Okay. Um. So he receives child support from her. Yeah. He recently asked for a twenty thousand dollar increase a month, so that he can support all six of his kids. So he already Ooh. gets, he already gets for his two children. $20,000 a month. Hmm. That is wild. And now wants to get 
$40,000 a month because his career as a DJ, um, his his name does not attract audiences the way it did in you, 2007. You mean like he, he didn't actually have yeah. anything going for himself? AKA you're trash and nobody <laughs> really yeah. listens to you? Yeah. I kind of, I kind of vultured off of wow. her for so Wow, that's long. an interesting one. But see, that... So like $20,000... Increase to forty thousand yeah, dollars. I got twenty thousand dollars a month, right? From the parent of salary. two of two <laughs> for two, so that's forty thousand dollars along with my two salary. Kids. It's like, is she responsible for paying for all six of his kids now? She isn't. Mm. She isn't. But I think that, like in the meme or the whatever, the question was more like what she, she chose to do with the amount of money he was already going to give her, as opposed to mm. like. She was asking him it, for more money so that it, she could for, buy school supplies for, for all the kids. For, so he's being ahead. a snake because he's like asking for more for something that is not her responsibility, yeah. as opposed to saying, "Oh, you give me twenty thousand dollars a month it, for our two kids, but I'm gonna split that twenty thousand dollars for all six of my kids." In which case, it's like, do what you want. Like yeah. I'm paying you what I yeah. What like I does owe it actually you. benefit mm-hmm. the do kids? What you want with that's it. that's the idea of yeah. it. Like child support is supposed to actually benefit the kids and he's not just being greedy. The parents. So mm-hmm. so it's kind of like if he uh, mm-hmm. if he's just bad at money managing, then fuck him. He's just out here trying to mm-hmm. live a lavish life without having to. Nobody so nobody fucks with you, and so <laughs> you out here you want to be in the limelight and live that so life. He's trying to have noble food. Um, Britney's Breakfast, dying. lunch, and dinner. Right. <laughs> like, nah, you still a 7-Eleven, nigga. Like, 20000 Give me, Britney. Give me that 20000 Listen, bring me the two kids. I'll, I'll, take care of I'll raise the two kids. You oh, give me look the 20000 Look at Ava. Look at Ava. Yo, Ava will take the kids and raise you the best two kids you nigga, will ever she'll have. Put, she'll put, and she'll range it on a budget. Right. Uh, and she'll oh met, have God. them on the best budget. <laughs> that 20000 will go down to 12000 It's all right. she needs. Like, anyway, but totally. I think co-parenting, I find that... A, for our generation a lot it's a lot of like pettiness like you it see is. It it is. a lot of pettiness well i was also forth. thinking about this the other day because um i've seen a lot of people our age who are marrying like guys and marrying girls who already have kids yeah or like it'll be like a girl who has a kid marrying marrying or dating a guy who has a kid mm-hmm. and i feel like the general especially with like the generation before us or even some of our generation where people started having kids so early, yeah, young. that's going to be like a full generation of people of just blended Absolutely. families yeah, because of whatever the situation is yeah, it's, it's, here it's, or there. It's different. Um, it's different now, a lot different now than what... I mean, there's still like a stigma around like getting together with someone with kids already because like mm-hmm. they already have like a family technically and then they're adding you to their family instead of you guys creating your own family, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of... That kind of goes with like the 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 adults in their life lives because their adults are old. They're older. They're older people, mm-hmm. so like they don't believe in stuff like that. Mm. They're not as open to it. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I'm not uh, a fan of it. It's kind of like you want to get into a relationship that makes you happy. I mean, the kids are part of it, but like as long as the relationship itself makes you happy, then you shouldn't have to worry about if this person has another family. You want to be a part of that family. You want to you want to accept everything about them. So, so what you're saying is, is like it shouldn't like you handle your relationship with your kids, and, and that's its own thing, yeah, and that doesn't need to yeah. blend. With it doesn't have to, but I mean, all in all, like you still want to have a complete family because 
don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like we have all been there before. We did things that we probably shouldn't have, but it's kind of like you're accepting a person's lifestyle mm-hmm. in a sense. Like you're accepting. It's like, hey, this person has kids already. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because I, I want to love them for who they are. And it's so interesting because I think part of that, like the way you co-parent and the relationship you build with, you know, uh, you know, the mom or the dad of the kid, oh, it matters in that other relationship because if I'm getting in a relationship with a dude and he has kids already and he has a certain relationship with his uh, with the mother of his kids where she's very involved and nosy and whatever's mm-hmm. happening in his yeah. love life, she mm. can have an opinion on or if she gets mad uh. that he posts a picture taking them somewhere fancy that he has to take the picture down yeah. or <laughs> like shit like that. If, if, like, like things like that really do cause an uncomfortable yeah, situation for the girl or the guy who's stepping into Mm-mm. the into the family yeah. for other words. No, so, like, of course it does. How do you deal with that? Well, it's again it's you have to make sure you close the the, the book on on your relationship once you decide to co-parent mm-hmm. so that's what it is like you got to make sure that you're ready to like move on if you guys are going to agree to co-parent if you guys still have a open dialogue or open relationship so to speak you need to have that talk to close that section off because it, it again like the pettiness begins because but does like, that door ever really close i mean i so well, like i don't i only ask that because like Growing up, like one of the things that I would hear a lot of, like like those old wives or like the older women advice yeah. is like never like get with a guy who already has kids. But it's okay if a man like accepts you with your kids if you have them because the truth is the man who ha- who's a father is always gonna have an intimate love mm. and an intimate whatever with the mother. Well, of we all know that women are children. savages when it comes to like moving on. So like, like, once they make up their mind, like that's it for women. So. Well, I mean, I guess, but I guess it's interesting to say, like, there's something special about that woman that you will never be yeah, able to, to recreate, because recreate, mm. or, you know, and so, like, you're already putting yourself in a position where you're, like, a level down. Mm-hmm. Like, she will always be the mother of his children, period. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, well, for, for me, I'll say, no, it's not, that's, that's not something I agree with. I, I've heard it before, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's not something I agree with. I just think that, like, you just got to be sure, man. Be sure about your feelings and things that's happening. Because, again, it, whatever you guys are doing together, it's for the benefit of the kid. So it doesn't benefit the kid Ugh. for you guys to argue. Like, mm. that's what it is. If it doesn't benefit the kid, then why Why are you guys even... Ha- why is this happening? Mm. If, obviously, you guys can't figure out if you want to be in a relationship or not, then maybe you should, you should take the kid's feelings into accountability. Like, mm-hmm. is it okay for the kid to see us arguing like this no it's never okay because that 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 a kid remembers that stuff and vice versa like if you guys haven't decided where you've landed yeah. is it okay for the kid to see you like holding hands making out and like being intimate like yeah. and then next next time there's you guys are together like y'all yeah, you, are you, not fucking like with each, hating other. each other like <laughs> kids remember things like that yeah. so like all like again like you, you have to make sure that you do what's best for the kid when you guys start co-parenting compromise co-parent <laughs> compromise yeah also like to all those people who need to co-parent be mindful of your relatives that you involve in your relationships Word. Yeah. like yeah because i have gone through Man. two crazy fucking sister-in-laws Man. and at this point i'm just like joey stop dating people i don't want to do this asexual yeah like 
Yeah, no, totally. I think that it that's all like co-parenting is more than just the the one-on-one relationship you create with the person. It's also like how they enter your life and what rights they have and yeah. what can and can't they comment on yep. and what's kosher and not kosher. Yeah, you know? I'm not saying sit down and have a formal talk and have and list all these things. Just honestly, I mean, for some people, that's the way no, it, has it to might be. Like, it might be. No, yeah, like it, I mean, you never really know what type of relationship they have. But again, like you have to make sure that you you come to like an understanding of where you guys are at within your personal relationship yeah. versus mm-hmm. where you guys are inside the kids' relationship. Mm. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a, 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 a switch for me. I turn it on and off. When we start talking about the girls, like, that's it. Everything else doesn't matter. As long as it fits the girl's bill and it makes, makes seems like it makes sense to me, oh, then it's girl. just how it is. That's just how it the is for me. The two little girls that have your face. Oh, my God. The cutest. <laughs> they're so cute. They are beautiful. <laughs> you make some beautiful babies, quite so. frankly. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. I think that that's all really good advice. So, for all y'all out there... All right, school's coming up. Make sure your kids have school supplies. <laughs> Make sure they have sneakers, the new book bag that yeah. they need. And if the teacher's asking you for something, do your best to get it. Yeah, no, no, no. Yo, son. They be asking for like they 30 boxes of crayons. All right, yeah, all right. Yo, 15 right. boxes Yo, of tissues. I'm not coming from elementary school. I'm talking about if your kid is coming to my class and he don't have a fucking notebook and a pencil, there's a problem, all right? Yeah, well, that is the basis. Which we know damn well the parents get that shit and the students just don't bring it because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, I'm not about to, as a kid who used to forget her notebook yo, all the time. Well, honestly, like, sometimes the parents look at the list and they be like, I'm not giving them five boxes of tissues. <laughs> 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 what the fuck do you five boxes of tissues for? But actually, though, like, I, I had a whole conversation about this because my niece, you know, school started already, and she had to buy, like, four boxes of crayons, things like, like, mm-hmm. and it's all, like, cold. It's, like, shared. It's yeah. all It's all shared with the class. Um, all right. Well, uh, any special shout outs that you want to give to anyone? Uh, Dre, where can we find you? Oh, uh, I mean, you can find my IG, uh, I underscore hate underscore Dre underscore two. That's with two O's. Uh, if you the will. word two and Dre yeah. with an A, not an E. Yeah. Dre with an A, not an E. Please drop the E. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, I mean, my Facebook is currently on, I'm, I'm just not on Facebook. He's not on Facebook. He, oh. he's on the Facebook diet, uh, yeah, which is a yeah, very yeah. good diet. Yeah. Yeah. McSpazitron. Or Spaz. Yeah, McSpazitron. 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 I mean, I mean, you can search my name. I mean, I, I don't really add people on Facebook anyway. It's like all right. So we find you on our, we'll find you on IG. Yeah. Um, And any shout outs? Uh, shout out to uh my brothers. I love you guys. Uh, Aw, he Fanny, shouted out his brothers. Shout out to, shout out to my, my, my other brothers, Fanny Pack Season. We out here. I see you guys. <laughs> okay. Yo, yo, that's our IG group. We get really? Pop Fanny Pack Season? Yeah, that's the name of it. Listen, I, I didn't agree with the name at first. But, but Fanny Packs for you guys or like, is it, are you calling girls butts Fanny Packs? No, that's none of your business. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Shout out to uh, all the mothers that's out there doing it. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, cue the Tupac. Later. Appreciate it. No, all right, yeah, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> and you can and you can find us at Ladies Who Bronche um, on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Bronche on Twitter, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, soon Spotify, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where anywhere you listen, we're at. Um, thank you for listening in, and appreciate until it. Next time, Bronche. Yeah.